0: plushcare.com
2: Hello and welcome to the next newsletter on New Zealand Sport Radio, the show where a panel of football tragics discuss the latest going-ons in what is arguably the greatest football league in the world, or at least Australasia, the Bunnings A-League. More specifically, we are here to break down the performances of our beloved Wellington Phoenix, preview their next game, and give all of you watching and listening some views and opinions about the league in a Kiwi accent rather than an Aussie one. This week, our panel consists of the usual suspects of Dan Moskovitz and myself, Connor Clements. Uh, we've already done our intros in episode one. However, we do have a very special guest on the show this week. He's a good friend of mine. His name is Chris Scarrett or Scazz. Um, He's football crazy and he's playing and coaching multiple times a weekend as well as getting his seven aside games in during the week. I know him as a fellow coach and player at our club, Victoria University of Wellington Association Football Club or VUW AFC um Scaz, can you tell us a bit more about your football background
1: yeah sure uh, thanks for the welcome connor and uh and dan good to see you uh my background i've i've been playing football uh well pretty much my whole life uh, like like most of the people will be looking at something like this but uh i'm from havelock north originally played uh for havelock north wanderers uh before coming down to wellington and playing for Vic Uni since 2009 um so this is ooh, what would that be a lot of seasons anyway now at the club um Played at a pretty modest level myself, very social football with the, the odd um, appearance at a at a decent level. Uh, and uh, but no, mainly coaching's my my other passion these days. As uh, Connor says, helping out for coaching at, at Vic Uni. So uh, of course, in terms of the Phoenix, I've been been going since I moved to Wellington. Uh, season ticket holder pretty much every year since then. Uh, definitely fall into that tragic camp. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think uh, when we were talking about guests, so I, I always had you in mind as someone who could join the panel to talk about our beloved Wellington Phoenix, the uh, the team that always provides an absolute roller coaster for us fans. This season, obviously, we haven't been able to see them actually live in the flesh because they're over in Australia. We're in New Zealand. There's a whole quarantine, but we do our best to watch them every week or weekday when they do play in this crazy congested schedule that they're currently in. Um, So let's start it off with the the main point and the big talking point, I think, of the last few weeks, despite the wins, which we will come to. um, Very excited to talk about that. But I think the main talking point, Dan, you raised it. Stephen Taylor, re-signing with the Wellington Phoenix, coming back from India. He said he wanted to finish his career at the Wellington Phoenix. We didn't believe him when he left, but he's proven us wrong. He's coming back. He's going to finish his career at the the black and yellow club that he fell in love with.
3: Let's Go.
1: <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> it's actually kind of weird because I know we'll get into the wins in a moment, but uh, uh, but in his wins, Tim Payne and Liam McGee decided, oh, crap, Stevie's here? Let's have a, a, a bloody blinder of a game, and now we've had two clean sheets in a row. So I'm a, I don't know about you, but I'm attributing that to Taylor's influence. But <laughs> in all seriousness... It's just such a good signing, like, and full credit to everyone, um, uh, everyone at the club, because that's just that's a real coup. Um, it's always good to see. I mean, as an you know, it's not good to see, but at, from an objective perspective, it is good to see that there was absolutely no media media coverage or speculation of this beforehand. Just came out of the blue and shocked everyone. And look. 2019-20 Phoenix was about the best Phoenix there's ever been. 2014-15 maybe has a claim to that. But Stephen Taylor, the captain, the man who led us through, I mean, it, it was just glorious to watch us leading, him leading us on the field. Um, And as Simon, you point out, he's going to be great to boost what is a very young backline with Tim Payne sort of being... Uh, uh, square peg and circle hold into centre back. This may be a little harsh. He's he can play as it but uh he's but I don't but he's not a natural. Um, and with DeVere gone, It's just it's just a massive boon. And I think the only thing which could have made me more happy is in is in Taylor is and Taylor's
2: returning i know what you're gonna would say be roy krishna returning <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I was waiting for that could have called it yeah <laughs> yeah i mean roy krishna would be amazing but you're right i think the big point is that with the veer out for such a long period with that knee injury that keeps cur- like occurring to him having someone like taylor stepping back into the fold and providing that option yes i know that he's got like another year older yes i know that he has injury troubles of his own but it's that experience and that kind of mental attitude that he brings to the squad and his ability as not only a player, but also as a leader that we desperately needed, and I think that having him in and around the camp, like you say, already influencing the wins, because as soon as we he comes in, we get a solid, clean sheet and a win, um, I think that that's really important. Skaz, how excited are you about having Stevie T back?
1: Oh, it's it's, it's brilliant. I mean, I I, uh, I went to pick up my my virtual supporters package shirt uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, saw David Dome the, in the, the Phoenix office, and it was right when we just had the, the injuries happen and uh, I was certainly feeling a bit nervous and I, I, I said, said that to him and he uh, said, oh, we're working on it. Well, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, uh, what a relief. I think, you know, whatever you want to say about the quality of his actual football ability, which I think is, is really good, of course, yeah. but it's the, the leadership qualities that he brings that's really going to make the difference. Um, I, You know, not to say that there aren't leaders in the team as it stands, but as you say that experience um is, is really what's going to make the difference and and um you know putting aside the, the football side of it i'm enjoying to enjoying looking forward to seeing him uh putting a few keepers off again and uh, getting up to his usual antics <laughs> so,
2: you know the we, we Stevie the taylor for,
1: antics we, we go to the football for the entertainment whatever form it takes uh <laughs> always good to see it yeah, I mean, Stevie T. A. Uh, he's always one of those
2: players that comes in and provides a bit of entertainment, whether it be that handball where he tried to pretend he was mortally wounded against, uh, uh he was playing for Newcastle ages ago. Uh, that's such a great clip that you can always pull up. And then obviously the putting off of keepers uh when he's standing and like when the free kick's being set up and he's going this way and that. Yeah, that's great. But what I do love is his ability to put in a challenge when you need mm. um, to rally the troops to get behind the... The players as well and to support them and always to say the right thing it seems at every single media interview he's in uh, he's definitely he knows how to play the game and uh, you can see it for sure in terms of the way he conducts himself you know both on and off the field in football related matters and then we can always joke about him and the long pins and that's fantastic for us we always <laughs> love doing that so welcome back Stevie T can't wait to have you on board in terms of the banter again but in terms of your leadership and your footballing ability it's fantastic all right let's talk about these Please. wins that we were so we were so talking funny. about oh dan Please. you want to talk more about how much you love stevie t okay fair oh no i just wondered if you could bring the banner up that,
1: that, that we had to <laughs>
2: oh, oh okay i'll bring the banner up let's let's bring it up we for those podcasts this, of podcast, I'll, I'll this read it is out the this moment. is the banner that we wanted to just show, highlight stevie taylor as a <laughs> god amongst men we'd love him uh yeah can't wait to have him in the team again and uh, thank you, Stevie T, for already contributing your good energy to the wins, which we'll talk about now. We'll start it off with the Newcastle one, and then we'll talk more about the most recent one, the Perth victory. Obviously, it's been a couple of weeks uh, between drinks, between podcasts. Let's start. So I think your main point you wanted to talk about, Dan, was Uffi's tactics, his risks paying off. And I think I know exactly what you're going to talk about uh, in terms of the the risks that he did take in that Newcastle game and in terms of the young players that he played and perhaps positions that you wouldn't expect. One that I'm thinking of and one that I really want to talk about is Oli Sale, and he has absolutely taken his chance. I mean, he has been outstanding these past two games, obviously two clean sheets, and to have someone like Marinovic sitting on the bench, uh, who's the New Zealand first team keeper, he's the the first choice, and he's sitting on the bench behind Oli Sale, who's for so long been a reserve, and then he comes out and he just says, "You know what, Stefan? Sit on the bench a couple more <laughs> games because I am the man of the moment." So, Dan, what do you what do you have to say about that in terms of your thoughts? I really want to know what happened in training that made Poppy <laughs> see sail
3: above Marinovic. I mean, may, I mean, maybe it wasn't the, the training per se, but I didn't feel like Marinovic was doing that badly beforehand. But I don't know what <laughs> I don't, I don't think any of us saw uh, the godly powers imbued in Oliver Sale, but (laughs) Uffi certainly did, and for that, I can't thank him enough. I think, once again, Uffek Kele has proved that he is a tactical genius. Um, But as in that, obviously, a lot of risks, uh, like Josh Laws playing at left-back is the main one that I can uh, remember, because I did write that point of Uffi's Risks paying off two weeks ago, and I'm now scrambling to remember some. Um, but Josh Law's playing. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but the banner just came up that says Ollie Sale is also God among- amongst men.
1: Thank you,
2: Connor. I mean, we're really enjoying these banners on this episode. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it did, it but- did, did look for a moment like that. The, the the gamble with Ollie was gonna gonna backfire. Uh, the first game he came in for, I recall him almost throwing the ball into the to the goal. But uh, ever since then, it's just been fantastic. And just, just with your point in terms of what has he been seeing in training, Oofy, that is uh, probably what we're seeing now. I would imagine.
2: Yeah, I think so. I think. Um... Oli Sale has been there for so long and he's and he's just been waiting for his opportunity. And I think that, yeah, he's he's taken this chance. He's gone, right, Uffi this is my season. This is when I'm going to show you that I deserve to be number one and, and starting ahead of Marinovic. And and it shows that even without him picking up an injury, Uffi goes, yeah, I've got faith in you, young one. I think you're the one for the future. And I think you're the one for the Phoenix. And he's showing, I mean, that he's got the ability to to back up what Uffi thinks. And I think that risk has been proven. again and again despite the early slip up like you mentioned scares I think from then he's been like unbelievably good and he hasn't made a single mistake I mean his ability with his feet has improved Uh, like I see his saves they've improved as well and the few games that we've seen him in the past I mean he was always it looked like he had a mistake in him this time around I haven't seen any like instances apart from that one start there's been nothing else since. And I think he's ironed out his game fantastically. And I really hope that the next game that he plays, and he'll start in, that he doesn't <laughs> prove us wrong here and, and, and slip we up. We the jinx. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done the jinx. But, um, yeah, it was a fantastic game. And you can see it on the screen now. Those two players, I mean, Ben Wayne, what a goal in that game, by the way. And, and Ball, I mean, he's just improving. After his red card, he is showing that he really wants to make it up to the fans. And I and I got kind of worried after that because you know that red card it was such a brain explosion it was it was a nightmare, but then since then he's just been excellent in every single game he's played he's really showing that he does care for the club, uh, and he does really want to show that he deserves to be in this next starting lineup week in week out and I think Ben Wayne as well I mean he's shown again that he's he can find the target uh, in the latest game and in this game he can find the target and what. I know he looks shocked every time he scores, but you know what, Ben Wayne, it's fantastic having you there, especially when our marquee signing Hemed isn't unfortunately finding the back of the net. And so to have this young guy come through, obviously played for the reserves for a number of uh, seasons, and then comes into the main squad, finally gets his chance, and delivers twice. I, I mean, I love it, and it's great to see Ben Wayne actually pulling off these these big results for us. Did d- d- think- just.
1: As uh, I was sorry, say, just going back yeah. to, to what you were saying earlier about Laws coming in uh, instead of McGarry, I thought that was quite a strange decision. Really, what, what was what was your thinking on that one? Um, well, I mean,
3: we got to clean sheet. We don't maybe didn't deserve it and had a little luck that away, but Laws didn't do
1: <coughs> that badly. And I, I thought he was fine, but it's just I, I guess when McGarry's been playing so well, uh, you, you sort of you ask the question, well, what's happened there? Is it just a rest, or is it uh, was it a tactical move? I think he had an illness, and
3: either way, it's, I think I think he proved his worth in the uh, Perth game, which I'm, I'm sure we'll get to in just a minute.
2: Yeah, I think, we, I think we can go to that after this, but I know you want to make one final point, Dan, and then we can talk about the Perth game and how good James McGarry has been. I mean, he's been outstanding this season.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, my point isn't uh, as much a point as it is a question. Had Uffi made the call to us, uh, the safe call, uh, to stick with Marinovich, do you think we'd be, how different do you think things would be?
2: I mean, I don't think, I've seen Marinovich pull off some great saves, but I don't think Marinovich would have done what Oli Sale did in that Perth game where he made three in a row because Oli Sale got up a lot quicker than I think we've seen Marinovich get up in the in the past few games. And he made that triple save, which was insane. Um, so yeah, I think Marinovich maybe doesn't make those saves, but I still bet Marinovich is a great keeper. And he would make most of these saves, and I and I would back him to get a clean sheet against Newcastle. I just don't think we would have got a clean sheet against Perth. I think Ollie Sayer was a, absolutely on another planet that game. I think he was outstanding, and between him and Tim Payne, I think that they've given absolutely everything for the shirt there. And uh, what 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 colour shirt that was? I mean, that red <laughs> shirt, <laughs> bizarre. Um, but yeah, I, I think they've really shown and proven their worth. And I think Tim Payne, you're right, his versatility is absolutely coming to the fore there because we know that he can play center mid, we know he can play CDM, he can play right back, he can play left back, and now he's proven he can play center back as well. So fantastic from Tim Payne. Great to see that. Um, and, yeah, I, I love watching players who actually really put in a shift, and both of those players really impressed me with their heart and their passion throughout that whole game. And you could see what it meant to Oli Sale after that save got cleared. Um, he, he was just punching the air he was so excited and you, you know that as a defender or as a keeper that means as much to you as as a goal at the other end like you feel the exact same elation that the striker does when they score um so yeah it was it was great to see Skaz what are what are your thoughts on let's go to that perth game what are your thoughts on the on the game overall
1: Fantastic. But I, I guess um, before we move on to that, I, I did have one question I thought as well about the Newcastle game. Was that the start of a change of tactics for the Phoenix, not just in terms of the personnel, but in terms of the play style we're trying to implement? And I, I think it, if it was, it does sort of trail through into to what we saw against Perth. Um, certainly, we seem to be a lot more prepared to surrender possession um, and to, to make the rare chances we got pay rather than, than, than uh, you know, sort of maybe... I won't say boring the opposition this submission, but um, but but sort of certainly passing them to death, which seemed to be what we were trying for earlier in the season. That's a good I point,
2: will... and I know Dan made that as well. And I just oh, before we get to that, Dan, and before you talk about that point of how we've changed as a team, let's just talk about this kit quickly. I know it's a <laughs> Willigong appreciation kick because obviously we're playing Willagong's home stadium and they are a team that plays their play in red uh for me as a phoenix fan it was very strange i mean seeing us play in red it doesn't feel quite right i do like the kit i think they've done a good job with the kit but just the color i mean it's so weird supporting a team in red when you're so used to seeing adelaide united in that kit um and it's just it's strange for me it's a really weird one
1: they've taken they oh, yeah. the sleeves off one of the keeper kits haven't they
2: yeah look, <laughs> it does actually look very similar you're right they have <laughs> yeah that's just paladin reusing their uh their colour palette and just going you know what <laughs> what do you think I mean, Dan? It's what it's do it's you a... think of the kit
3: i mean like i agree with you it was disconcerting to see uh a red wellington phoenix at the same time i'm also kind of aware that we've we have had a full palette of colors that we've supported the Nixon few through <laughs> the years like we had the purple kit last time last year with the blue kit this year um we, we've had white we've also had black, but that, that's part of our colors. Um, however, we had a Hobbit kit. And if we had Mike on board, he would be showing that off. Um, but yeah. And so like, w- was that a might? I'm not entirely sure why the red kit is so disconcerting when none of those kits were. But I just can't, it, j- it just grates on me slightly. I just can't support the idea of a red, one from phoenix. I mean, it makes me nervous. yeah, yeah, it does. It makes, it makes me nervous. nervous so.
1: You know, adopting Wollongong colors, you know, we're the Wellington Phoenix can we get it back to that as soon as possible
2: (laughs) (laughs) they have been very gracious in letting us use their stadium but ideally I'd love to have them back in Wellington as soon as possible (laughs) and playing in Wellington but yeah thank you very much Woolagong, and we do appreciate it Um, Simon if we were playing at Eden Park would we we be playing in a blue shirt yes because our away kit is absolutely fire and we might as well use it as many times as we can that away kit and the tier list of kits mate that, that kit is right up there I mean, right up that's there. That's got to be, on. that's got to be, yeah, pull it out, scares for sure, because that's got to yes. be in the, in the tier list. This goes, you know, black and gold, you can't beat it. And then that away kit is definitely right up there in terms of my favorite kits of all time. I think the mental health shirt uh, is another like, great kit, that purple top. And then I think this red kit comes down towards the bottom, <laughs> just above some of our white kits we've had in the past, which I know our white kits definitely do not turn on at all. Um, no
1: sign of yeah. it anywhere. Yeah,
2: yeah. No sign of it. Skaz has been wearing it too often. It's in the washing somewhere. (laughs) It's in the wash, yeah, yeah. You wear it religiously, mate. So, yeah, I I bet it's in the wash. Um, Okay, so we'll go back to your point about the the tactics. Dan, your point was, in in the kind of pre-notes, you said, is this the new look Phoenix? Is it one which will soak up pressure but be clinical on the counter, which was a point that Skaz also made? So do you want to kind of elaborate on that? Do you think that this is how the Phoenix are going to set up for the rest of the season? Is it what works? Just talk us through. Ah, right. Sorry, I was laughing there
3: because uh, when Skaz made his point of talking about tactics, I was going to say, I will delegate to Connor here because I'm terrible at tactical analysis. <laughs> um, all right, but I can make stuff up.
2: I, I, can, <laughs> uh, I can add on. I'll add on to whatever yeah. you say.
3: Look, I
2: think both games, we were very good at soaking
3: up the pressure in part due to Ollie Sale being a God man. And as uh, we were just clinical on the counter. Like Ben Wen, I can't remember the actual shot stats. Uh, might be brought up in a moment. Um, but I know Ben Wen has had four shots this season, as and has scored twice. And so, like, w- I can imagine like this being a new look Phoenix. Of I saw it described on Twitter as parked Bass and boring, which I think is a bit unfair. I, I was entertained, that. um, but. I feel like this very soak-up pressure, counter-attack style. I mean, you have to go with it, right? Because, I mean, we've just won 2-0 and 3-0 after what has been undeniably a frustrating season uh, to watch so far to avoid any use of profanities. I I have
1: have to say, you know, before last season, some of my favourite times, uh, for watching the Phoenix were in the uh, the Ricky Herbert days, uh, where we couldn't be described as much other than a, a counter-attacking team most of the time, uh, a lot of long ball, and I think we've, we've taken a bit of that in terms of soaking the pressure up and then making the chances count, but we've added to it a, a bit more finesse in how we're getting to, to the other end, so I, it's, it's quite beautiful to watch when we're pulling it off.
2: Yeah, and I think that some of the key people that we really need to thank for the way we're pulling this off. Obviously, Uli Davila, I love him. Fantastic player. And he's so good at that quick, he gets the ball and he just moves it forward or he drives forward at opposition. And another player who's really good at that, Piscopo. He's Mm. so good at picking up the ball and driving forward and getting us moving. And we missed him so badly when he was injured for those first couple of weeks of the season. You can see how crucial he is to us, and I mentioned him in the last podcast. I said, "Will he be the X factor?" He was for sure. I think he's been the X factor for the Phoenix. Early developer, obviously consistency. He's much better this season than he was towards the tail end of last season. He's recapturing some of that form he had at the beginning. Um, and then this man that I've got on the ticker, Ben Wayne. What a, all aboard the Wayne train? Choo I mean, choo choo. He's scoring goals. He's he's young. He's up and coming, and he's keeping a guy like Hemed, a experienced international out of the team so that is amazing for this young fella obviously ball as well deserves a lot of credit for the way he bounced back from his red. but all in all there's players in there throughout who are really good scares do you want to mention another
1: no i'd I'd like to highlight on on ball you've you've just mentioned i think he has been fantastic since he's come into the club um I, i remember actually having him with uh, Fleetwood Town on Football Manager many years ago, and uh, he, he was a, a delight on there. But in the real world, he's been even better. Um, <laughs> no, look, um, I think it's just a case of, of the team needing to gel a little bit more, I think, might have been playing into it. I mean, it can't be easy being away from home for all of this time. I know a lot of players have to do that anyway, but, um, but to have the whole lot of them away um, in another country, away from their loved ones. Um, you know, giving everyone some time to sort of, you know, adjust to that and, and, and sort of gel together. I, I, I've always thought that that was going to be a problem this season, and uh, and uh, you know, now that we're past it, it seems to be coming together.
0: Um, you're looking at uh, one of the stats in Newcastle Jets as well into the Phoenix game. You say Jets on the, uh, um, on the left there and Phoenix on the right. If you come down to um, the attack section, actually, look, 18 shots. Apparently by uh, Newcastle, to only five by the Phoenix, and yet the Phoenix come out two nil ahead. Um, yeah, shots yeah. On, those shots are on target, whereas a lot of those shots from Newcastle were were, were, were off target by the looks of things.
2: Clinical. I think I think that really just sums up how we've been in the like the last couple of games, is we soak up that pressure and then we just hit them on the counter and the sucker punches that Newcastle endured. I mean, we all loved it as fans, but. I know that the Newcastle fans would have been absolutely gutted uh, mm-hmm. because they thought that their team were on top and then against the run of play, they concede. And then they think their team's on top again. They're Surely they're going to score this time and then they concede again. So as a fan of the Phoenix, that was fantastic from our perspective because we hit them twice on the break um, and that was fantastic for us. But I think that they'll be very disappointed because they obviously controlled the game for large periods and they just were undone by our ability.
3: Well, I've got no sympathy for some. The same thing
1: happened to us early in the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I, How do you I like don't, think I've, don't think I've ever seen any sort of expected goals stats um, for the A-League. It's probably a bit advanced for for, for the likes of us down here. But um, I know... The there Premier there league is league, an they, they've, expected goals Twitter account. There is?
2: Yeah. Oh, I'll have
1: to have a check, that out, check that out at some point because I, I feel like the last few games, obviously, we've been probably much higher than our expected goals would be. Whereas... Most of the earlier games in the season, we probably were well under it. And what's what's changed? I don't know. Is it luck, or is it is it, um, <laughs> is, it, is, it is it is it something more? Hopefully, something more. Hopefully, it feels like we've deserved the goals we've scored. Yeah, like
3: it feels like we've been we we haven't had many chances. But as I said, we've been clinical. And
1: I, I mean, think yeah, about was one of chances. Years. <laughs> think, well, think about balls one against Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean uh, it was a lucky deflection, little, all right. We'll take we'll take them. A little, little bit surprising, got credited with that one, to be honest. But, hey. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hey, it was on target. It was on target. They all count. Must have been <laughs> just.
3: Sorry, still getting used to podcast format and figuring out when to speak. Um, but it was a lucky deflection. But I also fought uh, for that goal. There was actually a lot of good build-up play in Absolutely. in the making of it, and. I feel like the fact that there was a lucky deflection maybe took a lot away from the good work the Phoenix had done beforehand uh, for Ball's goal in the Newcastle game.
2: Yeah, and shout out Piscopo. to, I mean, Piscopo in that game with his, with his drilled shot from outside the box, fantastic finish, and to Wayne for his amazing low, low and hard shot, bottom left corner uh, in the previous game as well. So <laughs> it's two really good goals, obviously before Ball's kind of deflection, but they all count... Uh, especially in games that we need to we need to get those and massive shout out to the phoenix for finally finally getting back to back clean sheets i mean it's been so bloody long since we last had back to back clean sheets so absolute pleasure that we finally got that brilliant yeah absolutely brilliant all right so moving on i think we got to talk about the main thing that we that we wanted to kind of mention um, we we do this rather than what we were doing in previous episodes where we would kind of have a trivia um quiz if you will where we would ask each other questions now we're going to have just one main point that we kind of put out to the panel and we all kind of discuss it and i know scares is gutted because he would have absolutely smashed the trivia and uh he would have put us all to shame with his immense knowledge because he's the quiz master at at the UWAFC. so he's been researching questions i'm sure even as we speak um but i know yeah yeah maybe yeah (laughs) But I know that, um, yeah. For me and Dan, it's a it's a lucky escape for us because he would have absolutely dominated us in that. So, we'll move on to the question, and it's propo- it's one that Dan has proposed. If you could change one thing about the A League, what would it be and why? So, I'm going to start with you. Sca- yeah, what's the reason? So, I'm going to start with you scares, and then I'll I'll answer it, and then Dan can finish it off with why he proposed it, and then also his response.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll take a cheap and easy option on this one because uh, I, I uh, didn't think about it for too long. Um, and it's outside of the, uh, the, the league's control, really. But uh, it's allowing qualification to Wellington Phoenix uh, for the for the Asian uh, Asian Champions League. Oh, yes. Aspirations.
2: Mm, and the whole, uh, like, getting around the FIFA rules about being part of a different federation, so part of Oceania versus Asia, trying to skirt around that that would be much larger than the a-league it seems it would be a fifa
1: issue i can't see it ever happening but one can one can dream one can be
2: good enough for it to happen
1: (laughs) yeah that'll come eventually (laughs) yeah
2: we can finish in the top two right surely one day every dog has a day. every dog has a stay okay my one is also going to be related to uh To New Zealand sides but I want to see an Auckland team into the contest I want to see an Auckland team in the competition uh, and I want promotion relegation so a bit of a two pronged answer Um, so I I want to see hopefully in the future a 15 team league with 15 team promotion relegation so you'd have up and and down Um, that would be ideal I'm saying 15 but ideally it would be an even number because we don't want buys so it'd be 16 but I think that getting closer to a Premier League model would be ideal. And we had a lot more, uh, I mean, rather than having this weird kind of system where we have National League in our our country and these guys are like semi-professionals, we just get professional clubs throughout the country playing in this league, whether it be in the top tier or the second tier. And we just work with Australia to have this these double leagues with promotion relegation. And I think that would be awesome. And I know that obviously we don't have the money for that yet. This is another pipe dream. And yeah. to get teams to fly over to Australia and, and, I mean, they'd often have to base themselves over there to play. That might have to happen. I know that's already being mooted for the women's team, for the Wellington Phoenix women's team next season. Um, after that got stalled due to, you know what? Let's, let's throw on another thing. Let's change that rule. Hey, Australia let's change the rule that all of our New Zealand players are considered as eligible because uh, – ineligible, sorry, because they are not Aussie citizens. It's ridiculous. Give us the dispensation that the Phoenix gets so we can play our New Zealand internationals in the league where they belong. So there you go. I've yeah. answered three three questions there. How do you change the league? A lot. <laughs> ridiculous, I think, is
3: putting it lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it is interesting, Connor, is that you bring up the Auckland team because that's something we went um, – to a little bit, not last week, but uh, last time. And I think during the off-season, or maybe after the most boring nil draw ever, is something I think we should do a full a full segment on at some point. Um, oh, comment here from Simon Hughes. Thank you, Simon. <laughs> um, I agree if you're on Auckland, but I'm against promotion relegation it is not part of our Australasian sporting culture and that's- that is
2: very true that is very true and, and I want it to change I would love that to change I'm a big fan of promotion relegation
1: so it's not yeah. part of our our professional sporting culture It's yeah part of true. our, our it's, amateur yeah. amateur football it's, culture and um, one yeah. of, one of the best parts of it to be honest is there's, there's nothing like the the exhilaration and the thrill of, of, of winning a title or a promotion Um uh, it's been a while since I've had that, but uh, but it's fantastic, feeling. <laughs> the, uh, the the uni cycles will, will rise again. Uh, relegation becoming much too familiar for us, but uh, no, no, re- relegation as well just gives you something that you really have to strive to avoid, and, and um, it gives the season yeah. so a bit more meaning.
3: Like, full credit to the Mariners for their amazing form this season, mm. but in a fair world, they would have been relegated a long, long time ago.
1: Not, yeah, I, I...
3: not to attack the Mariners. It's been lovely seeing um, them do well, and it's better for the league if they do well. But ideally, we want... Well, I mean, if you, if you last place, you have to have something to fight for, and mm. it'll just be better for everyone involved as this promotional relegation because it'll give the fans a better viewing because now uh, the players have something to fight for. And it'll give the clubs that are near the bottom a better better chance because they can now work their way up to being in the premier sporting competition rather than uh, hoping that some money rolls McGee has to buy some when A-League finally decides, okay, let's open it up a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and I love that point about it not being part of the Australasian sporting culture. That's a great point and uh, definitely one that I would love to change in terms of... (laughs) I could have my way. I think that it means so much more if you have teams relegated, if you get promoted to a bigger league. Um, and obviously if you win that league, if you, you get that monetary bonus and that huge trophy that comes with it, uh, I think that's so crucial, so important because being in the top league is something that's prestigious. And I I think rugby shown it when they switch to that whole premiership championship uh, system. It gives those teams a lot more encouragement to try and go up or stay you know like try and be that top dog and stay in that top league rather than getting relegated and i think that means a lot more um and we've seen it time and again across the leagues across the world where that system works and that system is much more i think valuable for for teams and it means more to them um but dan yeah i guess you gotta you gotta provide your answer to your own question what what would you change about the ab yeah um
3: it's interesting. Both of you chose New Zealand-focused uh, answers, which <laughs> I suppose is natural and to be to be expected. But my answer, as long as it's something Kiwis never have to deal with in the A League, and it's so an obscene treatment that uh, active support and fans get uh, at A League Stadium, uh, stadium, sorry, and it's just so bloody tiring to be enjoying a match to go on Twitter. And then find another instance of security not understanding that football is a game where you're going to jump up, yell around, and be excited. Like It feels very much like fine police a lot of the time. And I remember back when I was at the Football Stack, I was actually trying to do an article on this, didn't eventuate. But it's just unnecessary, and it's bloody frustrating because... The fact that we don't have security guards which understand football culture is actively hampering the league, and the lack of change in numerous years—like four years ago, the yellow fever weren't allowed to take off their shirts at Brisbane. Four years ago, it's been going on longer since then. But the fact that nothing has changed in four years is utterly unforgivable.
2: Absolutely, yeah. No, that's—it's always sad to see fans, um, you know, kicked out or or hurt or abused. And uh, especially if it's happening on a consistent basis in in the stadiums and especially by people who are sent there to actually help out and protect these fans, to have them be the ones to not understand and to kick them out or to abuse or to hurt them is is sad, is absolutely sad. And, uh, yeah, it's not something that I've seen ever happen at Sky Stadium myself, which I guess we're lucky in, but I know I've heard stories about uh, other people um and stadiums across australia having to deal with that of people not understanding and think with you know the amount of people that they have at afl games and the amount of people they have at rugby league games and the fact is is that i'm sure that those incidents go unreported um and un- and unpunished as well then you'd, you'd have to look at those sports and say okay if you can do this here and you understand that there's going to be noise there's going to be people You know being loud and and cheering and and doing all these things you should leave them be um and let them do that and obviously if it gets if it gets into fans threatening each other and and threatening safety then you step in but i don't think the a-league fans apart from a few set groups of uh of of ultras if you will (laughs) (laughs) apart from those groups i think most people are families who are just going there to enjoy the football and not cause a ruckus so yeah. I, th- I think
1: we do as football fans need to be a little bit wary about developing a, a bit of a victim complex on these sorts of issues as well sometimes though because you do see some of these complaints coming out. I think the vast majority of them seem to be warranted but but some of them you see and you sort of think, well, maybe you were crossing the line a little bit there so we've just got to be careful with that but I, I agree largely with the point you're making there, Dan and, and, and Connor. It's, um, you know, we're, we're pretty lucky here at Sky Stadium in, in, in particular. Um, I've seen fantastic stuff, you know, we all remember Marley. I don't know what his actual name is, but uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of good banter from, from the security there, and, uh, and they, they do a good job, but it's uh, yeah, yeah. Just, just a challenge in Australia that, that, that we don't really have.
2: Yeah, another comment from Simon there about, um, I like the new system they have in the Mexican League when teams are financially penalised for finishing last. <laughs> 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 Take you to the next level there, Simon. <laughs> Definitely not the, financial... not the Australasian way. <laughs>
1: I the think idea idea I yeah, the idea
2: exactly. is instead
0: of instead of being um uh, instead of being relegated that you get uh, financially penalised instead.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And then Yeah, it'd be, I mean, it'd be funny if, about the legality of that but uh. yeah, yeah 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 i was about
2: to say it'd be funny if uh the, some more people got involved in that one and also like how how bad that penalty is is if it costs that team and so they finish last every season <laughs> then what would yeah. happen there yeah because they run out of money and they're like well we can't afford you know these good players we have to ship them off elsewhere and so they just end up finishing bottom and they consistently get financially penalized i mean that's probably something that australia might look at and be like mm, you know what <laughs> we might be able to do that and we
1: do these clubs who've consistently finished bottom and we can get money off them okay let's erase the last five minutes of this discussion
2: (laughs) (laughs) these are all just hypothetical scans. it's fine this is all live as well so we have to stand by what we say
0: and and, and I have noticed that scouts hasn't used his real name in here uh, just, like, uh, <laughs> just like the fan down the way into the Phoenix didn't with the uh, security guards either. So yes, great. Uh, coward. <laughs> what would be, be, what, wonder about uh, what, what yeah what kind of use he's going to be making.
1: It's Chris Scarrett for everyone who wants to know. Oh, <laughs> he's fan- yeah, there you go. by. <laughs> he's
2: happy to stand by his statements. Good on you. All right. Well, um, uh, Chris, boys, on this. What's, unless... uh... what's his Twitter? Fi- what's his Twitter handle? Yeah, Chris.
1: What's his oh. Twitter handle? So oh people gosh, can abuse haven't, him. It's been a much for a long time. In fact, let, let's let's keep that one off the record, so I can. Yeah, oh, yeah. okay. He can sort it out. Okay. Yeah, okay. needs let's to go exactly back to his old tweets and be like,
2: "Okay, I said I said that about Tottenham. Delete that. Uh, what did I say <laughs> about that Delete that. It's bound to be what what I say about Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet yeah, there has been. Um, all right, well, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure again. I think we've covered off everything. We've uh, probably got ourselves in hot water with AFL and and uh, league officials. Uh, we've got ourselves in hot water with the Australian uh, league officials as well, the A-League officials. So, you know, just, just you know wh- what our names are. You know how to find us. Just comment. We love it. Comment. Hit the hit the notification bell. <laughs> so you never miss n- a new things. upload. Yeah, yeah. And be ready for next week when we talk about it again. Um, so I'll just wrap it up. Thank you for joining the show. You can catch up on all the A-League results every morning at 7 a.m. with the morning sports briefing and get your weekly Phoenix Fix at our new time of 9 p.m. next Wednesday. And don't forget to go whack New Zealand Sports Radio a few dollars on Patreon if you can. It increases our motivation to be back here each week, and it also results in higher production quality. So from me, Connor Clements, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Skaz, thank you for coming on, for being a fantastic guest. We hope that we'll uh, get you on week in, week out, and we'll stop referring to you as our special guest and referring to you <laughs> as one of our panel members. Chris Scarrett is his full name, if you didn't catch it. Uh, and, of course, Dan Moskovitz, my fellow uh, esteemed panellist uh, and absolute lover of everything that is Stephen Taylor. Uh, we all <laughs> know that he adores that man. Um, so thank you very much for listening, and we will see you next week. Cheers.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.